Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good morning ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavin.com. On today's show we're going to be looking over the Cavan on the 20s. They've got three games played in the Leo Murphy Cup and have qualified for the final. We're going to be looking ahead to Cavan ladies' um, first outing in the Ulster Senior Championship this coming Saturday where they face Donegal. Uh, we'll be looking back over the Cavan Horlers season gone by as it's come to a close for another year. And um, a quick discussion about the All-County Football League, which resumes this weekend gone by. But firstly, I want to just bring your attention to an event that's happening in Copperface Jacks next Thursday evening. It's an up for the match and it's hosted by my uh, esteemed friend here, Paul Fitzpatrick. You're looking forward to that. Should be good crack. Yeah, good crack. Good. Um, the also final buzz will be really kicking in around then now. So there's a good lineup. Um Mickey Hannon is is going to be there. Larry Riley, one of, probably my favourite ever Cavan player, um, or definitely up there. Damien O'Reilly, Mullahorn, your favourite Cavan player. Yep. Um, uh, Keith Barr is there. Paul Galvin, uh, Aidan Tierney from Tierney. My f- my, my, be- my best dress ever. Yeah, your favourite Gaelic footballer. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, and best beard. Uh, Aidan Tierney, your favourite impressionist in GA circles, <laughs> who is brilliant. Yeah. Um, Actually, first time I seen or heard of Aidan Tierney was in the Boar's Head uh, on our Ireland final day. I went over for a pint, myself and my brother, before we, we headed to Crow Park. And Hugh pull, pulled me over and says, Look down the stairs now, this boy's going to be brilliant. And all of a sudden he went off. He, that must be must be four years ago now, but uh, brilliant. He's class. Yeah, he is. He's absolutely class. And, and So with him comes Colm O'Rourke and Joe Brawley and everybody's going to be there. Yeah, Brian Cody. <laughs> Brian Cody. Park O'Reilly as well. Podge, Banya, oh, yeah. former Cavan captain. Um, he's going to be there as well. So, Who uh, was one of the best producers of lines at the time we'd done the up for the match up in Ballet James Duff before Castle Rahan. He was saying that, you know, it's about staying in it. Staying yeah. in it. Podge ta- Podge, I like listening to Podge talk football because he talks a lot of sense. He does, yeah. I think yeah. He, he think he's going to make a great manager if he goes into management. Yeah. Um, and also Barry Cahill is going to be there as well. Another man we had that night. With, yeah, that's right. With Casaran Link. So, uh, great night in store and all proceeds go to, to Club Refney and be going into the Cavan Players Training Fund and stuff like that. So, uh, it's well worth supporting it if you're around Dublin for the night. Yeah, so Copperface Jack's next Thursday evening, the place to be should be great. I'll crack. Um, we start off with the under twenties because John Brady's working the magic again. Um, well, he got them into the the final of the Leo Murphy Cup with two wins: a win against Derry, a win against Loud, and a draw against Antrim. Um, now I was at the game against Antrim. I have to say that they weren't as impressive as should or as could be. They didn't play at the potential. But what actually stood out for me was it looked like Cavan started off thinking it's Antrim, we're going to beat Antrim. And Antrim blew them away in the first half. But Cavan then once they got kind of motivated at halftime, they came out and whatever John Brady said to them worked 
because they hit one two without reply and dominated the first 20 minutes of the second half but then it almost felt like they went ah yeah we knew we'd get in front and sure here we are and then Antrim came back at them and it two things one John Brady must be impressive in a dressing room because he always seems to have his teams very well motivated and the second thing is that when you get into a game and you believe you're going to win it you know, it's very hard to change that mindset and very hard to get away from it when you definitely get into a winning position. You know, the, the lads looked like they were cruising in the second half, could have gone on to win it by four or five points and then ended up just scraping a draw out of it. So, And that's a pretty good Antrim team. They're after going unbeaten through their three games. Yeah. They drew with Derry as well and, and had a win along the line as well against Loud, I think. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine is actually a selector with them and they've put an awful lot of work into that team over the last couple of years. Um, you can just, see. You yeah, can you see can, it. I, I'd imagine so. Like, So it's good to see Antrim um, be, becoming more competitive at underage level. I'm not sure if that would be the same group that, that beat Donegal in the minor championship a couple of years ago, but there might be some survivors from it. Mm. But um, looking through the Cavan team, I have the, I have the team that played Kerry in the All-Ireland semi-final here in 2017 right. in front of me. So, Two years ago, you can tick them off as I go here. Tell me, are they still involved or where they're playing? Uh, Gary O'Rourke was in goals. He was injured at the weekend. Actually, a guy I didn't hear of played in goals was Aaron Smith from Shercock, but he was very good, very impressive now. And, and usually you hear the names coming up, but he, he he was a new one on my list, but I, w- I was very impressed with him. Okay, John Cook. Yeah, he played cornerback. Evan Fortune. Evan Fortune wasn't, wasn't playing. Ryan Coyle. Ryan Coyle didn't play either, actually. Half-back line, Philip Nolte, he was playing. Yeah. Cormac Timoney. No, didn't play. Yeah, I think he's injured. Okay. I think he's a, injured. That's a loss. Uh, Danny Cusick. Yeah, he played centre-back, played well. Played well. Yeah. He's a player that Mickey Hannon picked out before as as future Cavan senior player. Yeah, yeah. He He's... um. From I remember when Mickey picked him out, I think he was over a team that got to an Ulster final or something that Danny was on another 16 team in Breffney College. And watching him since, I, I think he has all the potential. He definitely, he's strong, determined, he's pacey enough and he goes about his business in a sort of a, a quiet manner. Like he doesn't, he's not a yeah. fist pump. He's not, fla- he's not flashy any No, but no. You need fellas like that. Midfield that day was Ronan Patterson and James Smith. Ronan Patterson played, well he wore 12, played midfield first half and came into the full forward line. James Smith wasn't there either, which I, I think is due to a concussion in the very first game. Against Loud. And he was, James apparently was dominating that game. He's yeah. my man anyway, as listeners to the podcast will know. <laughs> Half forward line, Rory Corn. No, no actually. I haven't yeah. seen him this year at all. He was exceptional in 2017. Yeah. Keen Madden. Keen Madden was centre half forward. Again, reminded me of the minor semi-final against Armagh or in Armagh against Down Kean Madden came out after half time banged over two points done the exact same on Saturday but I have to say his overall contribution wasn't as good as it should have been for a player of his quality he's if you, listeners to this podcast know I, I think he's he's top top shelf but he didn't play as well as he as he normally does um, on Saturday gone by could have been well marked well, yeah yeah could have been uh, yeah, I, I agree. But with it you. usually suits him. Like yeah. he usually thrives under, you know, pressure. Well, I'll never forget his performance against Galway in the All Ireland Minor Quarter Final. Oh, brilliant, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and another very good player, Philip Rogers. Philip Rogers played. Yeah. Um, then the inside line, obviously, Ocean Pearson had a, another game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Lynch, he came on. Patrick came so on. So he wasn't on the panel earlier on, was he? Actually, well, somebody somebody contradicted me or, or corrected me on this one that. 
he was on it. He was off injured for a while and came back onto it. All oh, right, that was all it was. So um, yeah, judging by your by uh, your comments, he came on and, and scored a great point, did he? Yeah, well, look, I I think was it on this podcast or was it with Michael Hannon in a conversation? We we were discussing his athleticism. Has he got the speed for for inter county football? He answered the question. He he got one ball on the Cavan forty five, and dropped the right shoulder, went by a player, and another player tried to close in the gap. So thought, right, if I go to spot A, I'm going to get there ahead of him and, and, and meet him with a tackle. As he got to spot A, Patrick Lynch was gone by it, it, and just burned, got up to the far 45, maybe about 40 metres out, hooked in on the right foot and, and sent it over the bar. It was just class score. But what I was so impressed with the move was that the pace in him was was notable. It was... It, geez, he's gaining. He's actually making yards on these boys, chasing them while soloing the ball. Um, he probably had a a Jekyll and Hyde sort of uh, game because I think it was the very next ball he got it just outside the forty five and and squared up to the defender and was going to solo standing and end up just kick passing to the defender. Right. <laughs> the answer, man. That can and happen too. He wanted the ground to open him up and open up and swallow him. But uh, next one was Ushin Kierner from Den. Yeah, he came on and done well. Yeah. yeah. Sco- scored a He's point, been playing I midfield think. for Den and that one Massey Core there, I think. Yeah, I, 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 a prospect there. Skillful but but hard working. Um, he played that. Was it him played? Oh, sorry, no. It was the other um, defender from Den. They played wing back on the under-20s last year. Yeah. Um, his name escapes me at the minute, oh. but he's a class footballer as well. The, the, on the bench then, you had Shawnee Kogan from Ramor. No, didn't see him. Killian Brady from Ramor. Didn't see him. That's a corner forward and a corner back. Yeah. Niall McCabe, not pride. Niall McCabe. I think he's on the panel, but I, he didn't play. Tiernan Riley. Tiernan Riley was full forward. Um, now, by all accounts, up in Derry, he was excellent. Didn't go for him against Antrim, really. Um, but I remember seeing him a few years ago with McGrory. He, he's a he's a player that's worth watching. When he's on form, he's he's electric. Yeah, he he was would have started with with the minors in in the early rounds of that championship in 2017, and then that's right. Pace really heated up. Uh, Patrick Mead came on that day as well. He, yeah, well, Patrick Mead was full back and had a good game actually. Um, their full forward. Scored a point in the first half, a really good one. But after that, Patchmead closed them out very well. I've seen him play a good few times now, and I I don't know if if his fullback's his best position. Um, I think he's a very good footballer, but yeah, um, I'm not sure if, if if fullback's his best spot. But he he generally plays there. Although Kingscourt have moved him out into the halfback line, um, with some success at times. Ryan Madden from Garner was the other man. No, didn't see him either. Um, like, there's a lot of. Is that everyone that was used? Yeah, that day. There's a lot of changes, like from from that then, because I'm just trying to think through the team that I don't miss out on anybody. Ben Smith and Ushin Brady um, are the, were the two wing backs at the weekend. Um, Ushin Brady's a player that excites me now. I think he he's he's full of pace. As that clip never materialised to the point that he scored against Lacken, but. Um, He's very, very good. Maybe didn't have his best game at the weekend either, but you could say that about every single Cavan player. Um, Carl Cosgrove from Castle Rahan is a player that has stepped up. I think he's the top scorer for Cavan on the 20s this year so far. Um, scored a point from play, showed pace, showed uh, ability to win break and ball. Um, very, very impressed with him and was was excellent on the freeze as well. Uh, took him on the left foot. And um, 
on the inside line then Cormac O'Reilly who wasn't on that was sh- showed very well at the start of the game won the first three frees that Cavan got um, was involved in, in pretty much anything good that Cavan done in the first half faded in the second half um, but he's coming back from an injury and, and it you know, I'd say it was a, a matter of look at he needs the game time and we're gonna keep him on for as long as we have to. Um, you know, it just kinda of went away from him completely in the second half. But first half looked very, very impressive. Looked like he was comfortable at that level. Luke Malai was in the middle of the field, um, and his passing with the left foot is very, very good. Like the ball in to Cormac O'Reilly, I think two out of the three of them was, was Luke Malai finding him. Um and, and really good you know, one bounce in front of your passes. Um, showed a few moments of brilliance. His goal was excellent. Luke Malai scored a goal at the weekend and was was outstanding with the finish. You know, big, strong, powerful runner, but yet has good ball control. He's he's a player, obviously, I'd have known at under 14 before he left Romilly to, to, to go to Cavan Gales. I'd have watched him a lot and, and knew that there was lots of ability, lots of talent there, but haven't really seen him much since that. Um but I was very impressed with him. Actually. Yeah, I like him too. Now, um, like he started for the under twenties last year, up in up in Derry against Donegal as well. The wing half yeah, forward, I like yeah. him. He's a big tall, big tall guy. No, it didn't. But he actually, I think he actually got a point early on in that game before the, before everything went against Cavan. But he's he's very tall and rangy, and he can cover the ground, and and he has a, he has a cracking cracking boot on him as well. Yeah, yeah, like. There's a lot of changes on that panel. Actually, that Kerry game, I think Callum Lynch came on it, came on as well in that All Ireland semi final. Yeah, he's not listed on the report I saw there. No, but but I, I'm nearly sure he did. He's not on the panel either. You know, it's just to identify there are there is a huge variation in it. Um, Evan Finnegan came on on Saturday as well. I don't think he was. No, he was named, and I'm just trying to think who was the other corner back. Um. John Cook was one corner, and the oh no, uh, Nulty was the other corner back at the weekend, so he played. But like, there's there is a a big change. You're talking about maybe seven or eight players of a, of a swing in those two years, but it doesn't look like the boys that have come in have done anything but maybe strengthen up that. Time will tell as it goes on, but beating that Derry team that beat them in the Ulster final was a big marker. Now, I know, look, at Derry were probably missing as many as Cavan, but it still was a big marker for them. So, um, be interested to see uh, how they get on against Down now in um, in Armagh. Sunday, sorry, Saturday at one o'clock. Down came through a group with Monaghan, who Cavan had that absolute classic with. Um, in, in Breffney two years ago probably the best underage game of football I've ever seen in Breffney Park in Kingspan Breffney um, and they came through with Mead in the group as well um, I think Armagh was the fourth team but uh, you know that was a tough group that was a tough group and and they beat both Mead and Monaghan you know so that's that showing that Down maybe have, have something to offer that, that you wouldn't have expected yeah yeah. well look it's good to see Darren on the way back as well to be fair because like, down on the way up. <laughs> Down on the way up. They they've slipped a lot off the pace compared to where they used to be. Yeah. Like traditional heavyweights and Ulster. So it's good to see them, but hopefully hopefully Kevin will just keep them down for another while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, best of luck. So Saturday, one o'clock in uh, the athletic grounds in Armagh, it's the Leo Murphy Cup final. And Leo Murphy, of course, famous Darren fullback. I think he won three All Ireland medals in the sixties. Yeah. Would, have been, would have played against Cavan countless times. Used to mark Charlie Gallagher actually at times. God help him. <laughs>
We know the potential of Calvin boys and girls, men and women, and we value how the GAA unites our tribe. We don't run from where we're from. This is our home. We are Calvin. We believe. Not everybody's lucky enough to be from Cavan, but for 100 euros, you could be lucky enough to win a new house in Dublin. All profits raised will help fund the Cavan GAA Polo Ground Centre of Excellence. Go to www.winningdublin15.ie to learn more. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 433 111 Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years a family owned and family run business Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA if you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Book's nearly done. Book's nearly there, yeah. Yeah, we'll be finishing there in about a week. Deadly, deadly. I can't wait to read it. You were, you were sending me a page over last night and, and it just got the... The, the, the blue buzzing inside me, so it did. Can't yeah, wait. Hopefully now, if Calvin can win, it'll it'll uh, it'll store it'll store up a bit of interest there as well. Well, like I mean, I saw Rita Martin from Corner Finn on on Twitter yesterday, and she was like queuing up for tickets here in Breffney Park. There's a queue, you know. It reminds me of the glory days, um, yeah. When 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 the interest was so high, like tickets are. It's going to be. I'd imagine it's going to be set out, is it? I, I I can't imagine there being empty seats in Clonus that game. You know, well, what, what's Clonus capacity now? Thirty? Is it thirty-five thousand? Thirty-five thousand. You know, I'm thinking back to ninety-seven, two thousand and one, when they used to squeeze in forty-something thousand into Clonus, mm. and I think they were sellouts are very, very close to them. Definitely, ninety-seven was a sellout. Um, I don't know if two thousand and one was, but you know. You'd imagine thirty five thousand between Cavan and Donegal are gonna they're gonna do it. the only thing that might dampen it is will I hear that Declan Bonner and we'll have a podcast next week um concentrating all on uh Donegal the Donegal side of the Ulster final, essentially we've interviews with them all. But Declan Bonner said in the interview that look we need Donegal supporters to come down because Cavan are gonna come in huge numbers here and we don't want to be outnumbered. So he's he's putting out the call to the tribes up there in Chirconnell. You see when you've been when you've been to so many Ulster finals, like the novelty does wear off, whereas there's absolutely no novelty there for Cavan. And plus, if you're living up in Inishon or somewhere like that, it's a long spin to Clonus, whereas mm. really you know you're nowhere more than an hour away um or much more than an hour away from any part of Cavan really. Yeah, yeah probably so. Um, and the uh like, look, we, we, we'll get into that next week on the podcast, but there's no debating. Donegal have been the dominant team in Ulster over the last decade or in this decade. You know, they've they've been absolutely outstanding, reaching, I think it's eight Ulster finals. So, 
it's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal return for them. So look at Cavan supporters, delighted to see them coming out in numbers. I know a good few people were on to me straight after the game or, or literally final whistle, flights booked, coming home for the final. You know, brilliant, brilliant to see that. So, What about a song, David? Yeah, Kevin supporters need a rally and cry. A good, a good song to get behind. Do you know anyone that would do one? I know someone that'd love to do one. Is he from Mead? You drop, you drop a feckin' a five cent on the ground, and he thinks you're 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 giving it to him for busking. So <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Brennan will sing it. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll get more suggestions or get some suggestions from the listeners out there. If there's a, if if you uh, if you can think of a song, as in. Or either create a song, let us know, and, and uh, we, we'll do our best to try and get a, a good song. But we want a lively one. We, we want something that can be chanted in the terraces, I think. Yeah, well, look at Watch this space. Yeah, could be coming. Um, we move on to the Cavan ladies. They get their Ulster Championship on their way, where they're going to face Donegal in, uh, it's in Tyrone on Saturday evening at 7 o'clock. Um, Donegal beat Tyrone in the first round that was the curtain raiser in Kingspan Breffney last week um, I suppose Paul they'll be up against it this weekend Cavan it sounds like they will you know um, listen, listen to James Daly um, he's pretty confident he's saying they've got Ashton Sheridan back and, and they've got players in good form and he feels that you know, everyone talks about Geraldine McLaughlin as the as the star player for Donegal, but he was talking about Karen Guthrie as mm. being her, the biggest danger, and Kira Hegarty another. So they have a lot of dangers. Cavan Cavan don't have a great record against Donegal. I don't think Donegal are sort of the common power. Like they're getting big wins. Not too long ago to beat Dublin in the National League. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I I think that Cavan it's probably all on on the day. They've have a lot of young players have come in there. Um, and maybe they just haven't developed the consistency yet. But on the day, I think they're they're a match for most teams. Mm. Um, so it's just I think a lot of it's just going to be on the day. It's just hard, it'd be hard to make a bold prediction that Cavan are going to win it, but they could win it. Isn't it something a bit like the, the talk of the under twenties? And now that you know it's time that they come of age or the future is blue. But you've the likes of Nessa Board and Shauna Lynch and. Players of that age that are that were absolutely exceptional on their age, you know, but they they can't wait for next year. It, you know, they've got to get at it this year. They've got to make sure that they that they achieve it while it's in front of them. Because no different than the conversation we were having off air about Charlie Gallagher, who had won two senior championships and a, and a McCrory Cup by the time he was eighteen. He knew success from an un, from a young age, and and it gave him a confidence that was. You know, led up to be possibly Cavan's greatest ever forward. So, you know, these girls, they they've got to grab a situation like Saturday, where they're going in as an underdog and torn the tide to become Jesus. Them Cavan girls are after beating Donegal. There's there's a surprise, and it was the Nessa Boards or or whoever the case may be that stepped ahead, and they've they've really got to you know then build on that. But it it comes with beating a team that you're not expected to beat first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a big statement, and it gives it gives you confidence and it gives you validation, and you feel like okay, all this is worth it, and we're we're not just uh, going down a blind blind alleyway here. So look at I, you know, you'd hope you'd hope um, that this is their this is their weekend to do that. Now, obviously, Donegal are going to be favourites, mm. and Cavan have lost players, but they've got some back too. You know, Ashley Ashley 
Maguire, uh, formerly yeah. Dunan is back there, like who's a huge, huge figure on, on the ladies' football scene in Cavan. Um, mm. Ashley Sheridan is back there as well, and um, Kira Finnegan has been playing very well. Um, Another young player coming. James Daly mentioned her in particular, like so. Young when, you have, when you have quality forwards, um, you always have a chance. Yeah. When they played Donegal or they played Waterford in the league, they were missing Sheila Riley and a couple of their of their markers at the back. So they'll have them back too. So I, w- I wouldn't rule Cavan out and wish them the best of luck. Yeah, same as so. If you're uh, if if you're able to get up and support the Cavan ladies that Saturday evening, it's not in Oma. I can't no, it's in Killyclaher. Killyclaher. It's in Killyclaher at seven o'clock. So we wish James Daly and the girls the the very best of luck. It'd be great to win that one going into an Ulster final. Um, I think that takes place the weekend after the men's Ulster final so um, fingers crossed the girls can get over the line against the, the Donegal charges and, and, and set the stage for Cavan to do a double over Donegal um, briefly we didn't really discuss this uh, last weekend was the final round of the Laurie Maher Cavan were taking on Lancashire and uh, they ended up losing I think it was 1-7 to 127 um, that Brings a close to the Laurie Maher for this year for Cavan with defeats to Leitrim 216 to 116 and defeat to Fermanagh before the Cavan Monaghan game in football 19 points to 111. Um, disappointing that they didn't get a win. Like the, the closest they came there was the was the Fermanagh game where they came within five points. But um, it, it's not easy. I understand there was very low numbers togged out for the Lancashire game. Yeah, look, I don't know what what you can you can say. Like it is very disappointing. Um, like at the time, I would I would have been one of those who felt that they were going down the wrong path, bringing back in a senior team with the money and time and resources that go into it. Um, you know, you'd imagine if that amount of money and resources and and and. I should say that as far as I know the Cavan Hoarders don't claim travelling expenses they're not on a gravy train by, by any means but whatever resources and, and stuff like that go into it if if, if all of that was going into club hoarding not even not even underage hoarding but if it was going into club hoarding um, because there's a, probably a lot of fellas on that team who are club standard because mm. uh, there, there is a difference between club and county even at Laurie Maher level obviously and that's not being disparaging um, you know we're we're at a situation where they're still operating off of um a sort of a skeleton county championship there. And last year the final wasn't played. These petty squabble the petty squabble over very little really. It should have been resolved for the good of Horland and it wasn't. And really last year like a week we covered it extensively on the podcast and we were saying it was the first time where in my time in my time following it that it really caught the imagination and You'd be looking forward to going to it because you had that Pierce Oak team and they really, they were new and they had footballers who were well known and it was really something novel and it was something different and it felt that that they were just on the verge of something here with Horland and here we are now like it's amazing the way the thing can change in six months. That final last December was never played. Pierce Oak, um, I don't know if they're still going, but yeah, well they played the league. They played, they played the, the league, league, yeah, but and it's it's just a, it's just an awful pity. Um, for them because I know the effort has gone in um, and they have a good manager there Michael Carr and I think that they would have been confident of making a good rattle at the mm-hmm. Lord Maher in the last two years too yeah but it just I, hadn't happened for some reason no, it's unfortunate 
you know, and, and I think part of it does go back to, I think you've hit the nail on the head, going back to that club scene that when you only have four clubs, and it's great that there is four clubs, but the, 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 the win in that situation is that every game gets played. Every game then becomes more competitive. More players get playing Horland and you're, you're developing the, the game within the county. For the county final not to be played last year, I think done damage, done a lot of damage. And I think that went on and reflected into the county team this year. And I think that those those clubs involved in that that championship final, they should have found a solution. One way or another, found a solution and just said, right, okay, if it's fixed for this date, we gotta go and play it. Or, you know, if not, let's figure out a date. If it if it was Christmas Day, play it. You know, figure out how more people can get to play hard. One, one possible solution for that, I thought, was Pierce Oak had a lot of Barry Hayes players on it and stuff like that. Give away a home advantage. Let Pierce Oak nominate a venue. Hmm. And say, right, okay, we, we, we'll change the date, but you come to us. Something like that. Yeah. There's bound to be ways around it. But anyway, that's it's water on the bridge now. It would have possibly had an effect in in in, in some sense on, on the Horland County team this year. Um but now they're knocked out and, and there's not a whole pile of horn for them now only playing the same sort of teams again well it'll get back in the championship I think it runs off coming up now throughout July I think um, right. so they'll, they'll be trying to I think this year the plan was to get the club championship finished before the football championship starts at club level that's a good idea so yeah I think it's a very good idea I think it's it's, it's, it's common sense in that and therefore you're avoiding that collision the the but there's good young lads involved there, and there's good older fellas as well, keeping yeah. the flag flying. But there's good young lads as well with great enthusiasm. You'd love to see them winning a Laurie Mark Cup or getting to Crow Park. Yeah, mm. It would be it'd be absolutely brilliant. But maybe maybe the standard is higher than they thought or, or we thought. Um, it's not just a matter of you know getting the panel together, training hard, and go out and and you're going to win it or you're going to get the final of it. It seems to be tougher than that. Yeah, the important thing I suppose is, and 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 maybe this is why I wanted to bring it up, is that they keep going. You know, they they they'll never achieve or change the fortunes of Horland and Cavan if if they decide to give up, give up on Pierce Oaks or give up on on Coothill Celtic or East Cavan Gales, whatever it is. If any part of it decides to give up, it's weakening Cavan Horland. So it's it's vital that. That all the players who've put in the effort for the last two years continue to put in the effort. And all those players who've only put in one year, put in another year, and then another year, and another year. And all of a sudden, the tide will change. You know, if you keep working hard at it, it will come yeah. around. Yeah. That's the important part for them. I, I, I really, really hope, because I like that from interviewing a lot of them, they're passionate. There is a, a, a core there of real passionate Horland people in Cavan. And it's up to them to, I suppose, to encourage the, the, the people that they interact with to keep on pushing it on as well. And, and therefore, it'll continue to spread. But, but it's amazing, Damien. And I'm, I'm wary of I'm wary of not patronising the Horland team. As coming from someone who's involved in the handball, you're, you're used to sort of patting the head and saying, yeah, you, you you do, you've got a great wee sport there or whatever, you're doing a good job. But it's amazing when we talk about the Cavan football team, we call them we, and we talk about the Cavan Horner team, you and, you and I, we call them they. Yeah. So it, it, it probably says it all about about how Horland is still out there on its own in Cavan. Mm. It, like, it's not present in every club to a proper extent, really. But there might be a, a pathway for kids in, their, in every club, but it's not really present in every club. There's no Drummond Lee Horner team going out in Drummond Lee Jarge, for example. And, and until... 
until it becomes more widespread at grassroots level, there's always going to be challenges. Yeah, yeah, and and I do want to say that that's not a deliberate thing that I say. No, we, no, we look, I, I, I'm doing it too. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's just something that it's not. Kevin Horn in reality is not is not something that we're rare on the way we're rare on Kevin football, and yeah. th- so that's where that's where it has to change. Yeah, uh, and that's not the. The fellas that are playing with Kevin now can't change that. No, that's not their fault. That's it's not their fault. It, they're, yeah, they're doing their, their level best. Yeah, com- completely agree. And it, it is something. But look, at the important thing is we, we want to see it going well. We want to see it succeeding. So hopefully hopefully we, the Kevin Horlers, will get better. Yes. <laughs> um, this coming, uh, li- with, it looked like it was going to be a, a big deal and now it doesn't look like it is. But they've changed the All-County Football League um, which was meant to be Saturday to Sunday. Um, the, the funny thing was a couple of weeks ago an email came out to say that that game has been changed, the All-County Football League has been changed from the Sunday to the Saturday and will not be refixed. And this is you know, written in stone now. And then the under-20s get to the final and it's been changed. And I know that there are clubs that it's affecting. I know being involved with Mullerhorn, those lads had actually booked a holiday for a week to go away on Sunday and come back the following Friday night, Saturday, and now they're going to miss the game on the Sunday as a result of it. That's annoying. And it's also colliding with lads that maybe that, that would we have three lads doing leave insert that would be playing, and they were thinking, well, look, I can play Saturday, you know, still have all this Sunday to prepare for my exam on Monday, and away we go. And now they're more than likely not going to be available su- Sunday. So it's it's a difficult one. I, I can understand why it's changed. You don't want the the under twenties being flogged, but I think it would have been wiser not to put out a definite a couple of weeks ago to say, "Well, this isn't going to be changed from Saturday." You mm. know. So the under twenties can play with their clubs on, on Sunday now. Yeah, on, from my understanding, they're going to be they're they're allowed to play with their club on on Sunday. So they'll have the or the Leo Murphy. Why did they ever change that on under twenty one to under twenty, and then bring in new competitions? Which there's an example. No matter what anyone says. It's having a knock-on effect on clubs. Mm. It might it mightn't mean the cancellation of club games, but it's moving around of club games. It's it's inconvenience like, in club footballers. How can anyone stand over? Right, we're bringing in a, a new competition with, with four four games in it for under twenties that was never there before. Okay, there was a Hastings Cup that was different. The time of year it was played at. Well, that's I've no problem with it being a Leo Murphy or whatever you want to call it. It's the time of year. Yeah. Why throw it into the most congested time of year when? These lads are playing on inter-county pitches, which are good all year round. They're in the best stadiums and the best yeah. facilities that the GA have to offer. You can play it in February, March, April. Yeah, oh, playing it playing it this time of year is crazy. Yeah, absolutely nuts. But if there's talk that's going to change back, but yeah, sooner the better. In fairness, but look at and and I do want to say all this is doing is creating a. A bit, well, not a friction, but you know, a, a problem that the under twenties management don't need. They no, don't need they don't. that headache of, Jesus. Well, what if we have a boy coming back from an injury and, and he plays Saturday for us, and then the club go out and play him for an hour? You know, that's going to flog him, and it's not fair on him. Th- those are the worries that shouldn't uh, that shouldn't have to create a conflict there. But um, unfortunately, look at it, I and I think Cavan County Board have have you know they, they can wash their hands. A certain amount off it because the the timing of that on the twenty competition is just completely, I yeah. think, completely against the spirit of of 
what the GA should be trying to do. But yeah, um, yeah just wanted to highlight that. Anyway, it looks like the All County Football League games are going ahead Sunday at half three. Um, so we'll have uh, we'll have a McAvoy Super Value podcast on those results on Monday. Um, just want to bring your attention to a week of reaction over on our diehard service, which is patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. We had um, Monday morning, we had reaction podcast with Michael Hannon, myself and Paul Fitzpatrick and interview with Mickey Graham on that one. We've had then two podcasts after with interviews from Niall Murray, Raymond Galligan, Kean Mackey, Ushin Kiernan and Park Faulkner. So um, plenty of content over there for the price of $5 a month. Um, absolutely brilliant content. And if you want to get all of the preview work, as I said, with the uh, interviews with the Donegal camp, as well as interviews from the Cavan camp, it'll be on the Patreon dot com forward slash we are Calvin service thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast um, let us know any players you think should be on the team of the week from the All County Football League games on Sunday and we'll be hopefully compiling that next week yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and Larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Calvin was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave and it's over the lap and Cavan are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah! <laughs>